Hello everyone, this is the Path 11 Podcast with your host, Mike and April. This week we're talking to Ladrin Bex. Before we talk to Ladrin, though, we'd want to talk to you about our sponsor. Have you read Jeff Finley's book, Wake Up Yet? It's the story of how he woke up early for a year and it changed his life. Not to mention sparked dozens of out-of-body experiences. Now, Jeff has given us a pretty good deal on this. It's available for free or you can pay what you want. And it's on his website, makermistaker.com path. Jeff also hosts his podcast, too, which you can find there as well. We were both guests on his show back in July, I believe it was. So I highly recommend Jeff's book and his podcast, which you can find both over at makermistaker.com slash path. So on today's show, we're speaking to Ladrin Bex, such a cool name, and he is a healer, facilitator, and venue manager of Parsonage Side Retreat in Somerset, UK. He's been exploring consciousness for well over a decade and has trained in many spiritual areas, but a few of which that catch his eye are intuition, vegan nutrition, and lucid dreaming. As well as being a psychic and an ex-spiritual reader, his path now is to guide people to find their own experiences just like he did and continues to do. With the use of intuition and exploring the dream state with the help of his spiritual companion, Obi, who is his lucid dreaming pooch, who we talk about later in the show, he regularly has experiences beyond the physical. His family created the Parsonage Side Retreat, which we also get into in our show, and we definitely think that you should check that out. Well, we would like to welcome Ladrum Bex to our show, and I actually connected with you, I believe it was, through Facebook. Um, I noticed that you had sent me a request and we had some multiple people in common like Todd Akamasis, Marla Fries, uh, right. uh, Keith Warner and, and things like that. And once I saw some of your posts on your page, it looked like that you were just doing some great work in the world, doing yeah. some sound healing and, uh, you know, doing retreats and you and Todd seemed to be closely linked and you were sharing some out of body experiences. So we just thought you'd be a great person to have on to talk to. Thank you, and I'm very um, yeah, fortunate for the opportunity to to speak and uh, you know just tell about some experiences and uh, go with the flow of the show. So sounds great. Yeah, so maybe you could start by just telling our listeners who you are, <laughs> where are you from, <laughs> and how did you get into kind of the work, the spiritual work and healing work that you're doing today. Okay, uh, well, where I'm based and located is in England, in a place called Somerset in Bridgewater. Um, my father um, went to the Monroe Institute, uh, I think, in 2003, and he was inspired by um, the processes and experiences that people were having out in America. I'm sure you're aware of the Monroe Institute. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, he wanted to build something quite similar in England. So uh, it took about a year or two to try to find a, a great location um, I think he actually went before 2003, I can't remember the actual date, but uh, in 2004 we came to Somerset after finding a, um, a lovely location. Um, how we found this was actually by my father having an out-body experience and um, him seeing the plot of land which basically had uh, like a white picket fence in the, in the front with lots of the building at the back. And when we came here as a family, it just uh, it felt right. And we built the place up. It took about um, seven or eight years to build it. We're still doing some uh, modifications currently. And um, in that process, I was on my own spiritual journey, um, always being a vivid dreamer uh, at a young age and always had a lot of like um, experiences um, that I couldn't quite explain. Uh, psychically, things started to pick up. 
And in that process, over time, I started attending um, like healing workshops, retreats, um, meeting a lot of people in in the realm of consciousness, and and uh, you know it really you know inspired me to know more about what is there. And and, this, and the typical saying is like you know deeper down the rabbit hole, etc. You know, it's it's no depth to how far you can go. It's 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 limitless. It's endless. And um, in that time, I learned like about massage therapy, um, healing. I uh, became a Reiki master. Um, learned about parapsychology and became a parapsychologist. Um, and I followed a good friend of mine, Todd Akamesis, um, doing some workshops around um, around the UK and abroad. And uh, just meeting so many amazing people who are either lost in in this realm of consciousness or having experiences. Uh, wanting to share and be around like-minded people, and uh, every path I seem to avenue I seem to go on, I meet you know so much synchronicity, amazing people, and uh, everything ex- keeps blossoming, and it's it's a it's a beauty really to you know be in this uh, realm of consciousness and and have this opportunity to have a base, have a, a retreat center, which not only did I build. Uh, by hand with my family, um, my mum, my dad, my uncle, and uh, to actually host this place as a as a like a, a sanctuary for consciousness exploration. Um, so it's a it's, it's an amazing space, and it's uh it's blossoming and growing like every day and every year. Yeah, what's the name of the of, of um, the retreat center that you guys have? It's uh, called Parsonage Side Retreat. And uh, if you are to look us up, uh, just type that in Google and you can find us. Um, uh, parsonage side, as in like um, like the church sort of parsonage, parsons. And uh, it was originally a farm years and years ago. And the last owners built a lot up to it. And we came and did more extensions. And and it's got a lot of um, history to it as well. Um, I don't know if you've, you're aware of Eton College in London. No. Okay, there's a famous college called Eton College, and it was supposedly owned by them years and years ago, and uh, it was like a, known as like a dairy farm. Um, and are you aware of like ley line activity, ley lines? Yes, yeah, I'm familiar with yeah. this. Yeah, okay. um, there seems to be a lot of people who come here say this, they feel the ley line activity, and we've had a lot of people um, experience it. And uh, I even got a big um, survey map out years ago, and just like circled every church and sacred site and just got a big ruler. Um, I'm sure you're aware of Glastonbury Tour. Yes, aware? Yeah. yes, I'm yes. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know some, he knows some. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, known as one of the, like, the big landmarks in the world of like um, along the, I say, the meridians of the earth, uh, the ley lines. And one of the, one of the uh, ley lines pass through Glastonbury Tour through our place um, it's, ley lines are basically um, a great source of like where spiritual energy is supposed to be um, easy accessible. Um, and there's two ley lines that cross through our property at the retreat. And um, it, it also enhances the experience here too. People who come and have like healing sessions and um, retreats, they have a sense of peace and tranquility that um, can't be quite explained. And I think that's down to the, the place it's in, in the middle of the countryside, as well as having some ley line ley lines passing for it too yeah that's wonderful isn't it true that ley lines usually run with water or some sort of connection with water i'm not an yeah. expert so <laughs> <laughs> i'm not either but i've heard stories yes um okay. that we have a well on site um and 
I, I, I don't know, not all of them run by water, but I've heard that before, yes. Um, and it's quite interesting. I mean, as we know, uh, water conducts electricity. So I know spiritual consciousness isn't electricity, but, you know, it's a form of energy. So why wouldn't it? Yeah. And so your dad kind of got inspired by going to the Monroe Institute. And are, are do you guys do out-of-body workshops there? Or do you have similar booths that the Monroe Institute has where it's hooked up, you know, to be able to listen to hemisync music and have these experiences and more of a sound restricted booth that people are laying in and sleeping in? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the, the booths, as you call it, in the Monroe Institute are called uh, check units. And that's an acronym, um, C-H-E-C. An acronym means Controlled Holistic Environment Chamber. And we built, um, we had one accommodation room here built for that. We got two check units, two pods, um, speakers either side of the head um, with an audio jack and a privacy curtain. So it's basically like a tiny room, like walls are surrounded by, around a mattress, a bed, and you can just tuck yourself away and um, be deeply immersed. Um, the whole retreat center is wired up with um, this audio hardware. So we have 17 beds, 17 spaces for people, and they basically lay down and they can plug themselves in, which is all attached to the audio room. It's very similar like the Monroe Institute. And uh, we built it for that purpose, um, to work uh, alongside with uh, TMI and other similar um, programs, which we can host um, Hemisync workshops. Um, but I also run my own workshops um, doing like lucid dreaming and um, intuition and use this um, audio guidance um, and hardware beside the bed too. So it's uh, quite powerful. Wonderful. And what would you say is kind of your favorite thing to do? I know that, like you said, you're a massage therapist, you do healing work. I see you sometimes posting pictures and you're, you're hitting gongs in parks for the ducks and the <laughs> passerbyers and, and stuff like that. But what would you say is your main expertise or what you really like to teach on or to do? I guess it's a number of things. Um, I've done readings and mediumship and, uh, for, for a number of years, but I don't feel so strongly for that now. I believe that we are all psychic and like a medium in one way. I mean, we're all human. We're all like this, um, this like antenna, uh, you know, we're all mediums that we can access this information. And I would like to guide people on a journey where they find their own intuition and um, have experiences for themselves. Um, I'm very much into sound healing and, um, you know, love all the instruments, gongs and, um, uh, everything it's, it's, it's powerful stuff there's lots of science behind it too and um, ultimately what I like to do is um, what I feel strongly for is hosting workshops here retreats where people can get their own answers for themselves um, what I love doing in answer to your question properly is uh, is doing healing and um, I've done a few workshops before when I've just just done healing alone um, it's been a it was a res residential in Ireland um, and it was hosted by my friend Todd uh, Archimedes, and we had about thirty-seven people in this um, in this uh, on this retreat for nine days in Ireland, and uh, did lots of healing and had lots of feedback. And it's so such a beauty and uh, a reward to see people change when they have some healing. Um, it's, it's quite powerful. 
Yeah, what's your take on healing? Like, how do you go about doing it? Mike and I, we're both Reiki masters as well. And, you know, I use Reiki in my in my practice quite a bit, but I kind of feel the more that I get into this work, Reiki is just more of a metaphor or it's kind of a label to be able to give people to understand more of a process or make it, um, I don't know, not really like in a box thing, but it kind of markets and gives some people or clients a description or an explanation of maybe what's happening to them or what tools are you using. But I find as you kind of go deeper into the healing work, it's much more than, than that. So what type of healing do you do and, and what's your take on how you facilitate healing with somebody else? Sure. Um, I'm not into labels myself, but um, I'm, I've, I'm trading like, you know, Reiki, uh, quantum healing, um, but I think it's come naturally to me since I was younger. I remember being four or five years old and my mother having a bad back. She couldn't move and I didn't know anything about healing at that time and just put my hands on my mum and she was like telling me to like, you know, get, get your hands off me, I'm in pain. And I just, just had this overwhelming desire and this need to just help her, but I didn't know why. Um, how I feel it coming through me is kind of like, um, in Reiki, Reiki terms, which you, you, um, I think you understand here, is you have the spiritual um, sort of energies from up above and the magnetic from the earth. And how Reiki works is you combine them both to give healing. Um, within me, my, my experience when I'm giving healing, I feel this energy coming down in, in, into my head, I guess my, cha- uh, my crown chakra, uh, going down through my shoulders and out through my hands. And my hands can get st- extremely hot. And... Um, it's just passing that energy through. We're, we're all this like vessel, this um, this medium for this this healing modality and uh, this healing energy coming through. And it's, uh, I mean, first of all, I believe that you know the healer, as myself, um, you receive healing also in that process, and you have to because if you're giving healing to your client, you why wouldn't you receive healing in, also in the process? Um, healing's unlimited. And, uh, you know, it's just accessing to it and, and giving. You can send it at a distance or in person. I feel in person is more, more genuine and more powerful. And it's the power of touch too. You know, there's lots of science behind that that can, you know, release certain chemicals within our brain, our body, which makes us feel more consoled and at home and, and, and loved. And, you know, that's, that's all part of healing. It's, it's making the client, the person that you're giving healing to, um, felt, you know, a connection basically that um, if they don't feel that otherworldly from like, you know, I guess God or consciousness, you know, you have that physical interaction, which is very important. Um, I don't know. I've had lots of experiences with healing and everyone's different and every session is different, but usually the uh, ultimate like um, experience I feel is the energy coming down through my head and out through my you know hands and either people feel it, um, intensively or not. It just depends on the person's sensitivity. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Um, now we've had Todd on our show, um, a couple of times and do you want to just explain to the listeners like what your connection is with Todd? How did you meet him and what's some of the work that you guys do do together? Okay. Um, well, as, as you know, we've got the retreat center and I basically hassled him for a number of years to say, look, we've got this retreat center. We, we've built this place, like, please come down and use it. And, and, uh, he came a bit like hard about getting back to people. And I just kept, kept like messaging him all the time. And I eventually went to one of his workshops and, uh, it was really funny, like how synchronicity works. And he was hosting a, a workshop in, um, in this old Victorian water tower in London. 
I can't remember what year it was. I think it was around 2009 or 10. And uh, I arrived at um, 12 minutes past eight. And that's what time I sat and had my GPS set in my car. And I just thought that was a bit funny. Um, the whole 2012, um, you know, 2012 um, uh, time and the, and the event, the year. And uh, I just felt warm to his teachings, his his learning. And um, I I think a few months or a year after that, I, I was still in contact with him and I met him at um, a mutual friend of ours at like a, a house for like a private like little party. And um, he was there and the next day um, he invited me to come along to listened to one of his talks and I gave him a hand and then he just asked me again um, I think to come and help him with a retreat and it just went on from there really and uh, so we've got quite a number of years behind us Um, um, at least seven years of you know experiences and stories and uh, you know some very interesting ones and it's it's so nice to do this work with someone that you connect with and you know I think understands you or you know gets you and uh, I think a lot of people in life go through life a bit feeling a bit like the odd one out like in their in their circles of friends and family and you know some sometimes people are accepted but a lot of the time you know people are usually judged or um think that this is crazy like um you know <laughs> like witchy stuff and they just don't understand it and it was so nice to attract like-minded people so um yeah it's you know and the work we did together um i just helped them facilitate at some retreats um we got, went to um, France at the beginning of this year in March. I think we had about over 40 people, uh, 47 people join. And um, before then, we had about three, two or three years in Ireland in this lovely mansion house, <laughs> a lovely haunted mansion house, which um, made the out-of-body experience like a like retreat, nine-day event, made it more you know, interesting because people having experiences with um, with the with the non-physical residents at the time, as well as um, you know having our body and uh, lucid dreams, so it's quite interesting. Now, with Todd, have you gone on any of his synchronicity walks? Yeah, I've been I've been in one of them. Um, okay. Surprised enough, all the all the years that I've known him, I've only been on one, and I recorded one of them. Um, if you type it in in YouTube, you'll find um, my video I did, and it was very interesting. It was yeah, it's it's great. Um, we like had our uh, group number was number seven. Um, we were led down this path, and we rolled the dice. You have to have like a dice, and just it's just synchronicity. You have no plan, and when people and when Todd explains these events, he's kind of like, what, "What's the plan?" It's like, "Well, there's no plan. You just let the the dice. You roll the dice, and and you just have." different directions where to go you rolled snake eyes to like two yellow dice with two um two ones on it we met this lady with big yellow glasses and we've like okay she must be snake eyes she's she's there to help us she directed us and then our group number was seven as i said and we went down the path and seven skateboarders went past us it was just interesting um (laughs) synchronicities just kept manifesting you know everywhere and uh, I believe now he's um, got a deck going, a synchronicity card deck um, going where um, people can do this in their hometown and just um, have a bit of fun. So it's interesting. Yeah, we were we're actually looking to do something similar in New York, but that's down the road a bit. And we, we really liked listening to his stories. And it was kind of nice to hear your perspective a little bit. Yeah, um, sure. Because, you know, with our show, it's only been his side of it so far. But, yeah, it was interesting to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, and lastly, I don't want to make this too much about Todd, but I see your the one picture you sent. You're standing in front of his uh, Pandora star. Okay. Uh, now, 
Did you work on that too, or are you just a participant that's used it? <laughs> well, both actually. Um, okay. I'm a distributor for um, selling the Pandora, and I give sessions and uh, yeah, travel around the UK doing um, various uh, healing workshops and events. Uh, I've got some coming up in uh, next year in Manchester. And um, I'm basically um, just hosting events with, with it, basically, and um, just uh, doing some healing, one-to-one sessions, and it's, it's quite powerful working with the technology. Do you know much about the Pandora? Just a little bit from what Todd's uh, told us, but do you, can you elaborate more on it? Or um... Yeah, sure. Um, you're, you're aware of how binaural beats work, yeah? Yes. Yep. Okay, so just for the listeners out there who don't know, uh, binaural beats are... Uh, certain frequencies which um, listen to stereo headphones or speakers either side of the head. Uh, you put 100 hertz in the left ear and a difference of 104 in the right ear, so your brain recognizes a differential of 4 hertz, which creates a whole brainwave state, a whole brainwave frequency, which um, is uh, like theta, which is 4 hertz. And that is very similar to the Pandora. It, it'll basically it will strobe white light at your closed eyelids, and depending on how many strobes per second, it will induce anything between 1 hertz and 200 hertz of a, um, of a frequency, which will help induce certain states of consciousness. So if you want to get into uh, deep meditation, if you want to get more energy, um, I mean, the, the, the limit, you know, it's, there's no limit there because of um, how consciousness is. It's basically working with a frequency which can change your brainwave uh, patterns. So... Um, Using the binaural tones in the ears and the light, uh, the Pandora is very powerful. And I use it um, as much as I can. Um, I try to use it every day and just to get deeper in meditation. And with that, you see some crazy visuals. You see lots of colors and patterns, and it's quite a pleasant experience. Can you explain how how that works exactly? Do you know the science behind when you, because what it looks like to me when I see some of the things on, you know, Facebook or YouTube, it just seems like this great bright strobe light that is just flashing this light over these people's face, maybe their third eye. And what, what creates those colors and those patterns and how is the brain or the sensory system of the body interpreting that light with their eyes closed? It's very interesting. I I don't know fully, um, but it's like, the only way I can describe it, I mean, I'm not a scientist or anything, but it's like how a prism works. You shine white light for a prism and you get all these colors. And it's like um, the, the Pandora Star um, and other light machines that shine white light is just, you know, after people had it, their first experience, they're thinking, wow, that was just white light. That's, and some people don't believe you. They look at it and say, no, that was colors on there. And it's like, no, that was... Um, just white light shining at your closed eyelids. And uh, I'm not sure how the colors are created. I believe, um, I, I'm guessing, um, it's something to do with the um, pineal gland and the DMT, dimethyltryptamine, which is, um, which dimethyltryptamine and DMT is a chemical which is released when um, when you die to have these, um, these, these beautiful experiences of colors and patterns, as well as in the dreaming state as well and, and psychic experiences. I, I, there's a, you know, the chemical DMT is released to see these colors and these patterns. Um, I don't know fully, but I believe that's, that's potentially what it is. It's creating these colors and patterns through, through light impulses. And, um, it, you know, it's, 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 it's very crazy. Um, it's, so it's hard to promote the light machine, the, the Pandora a star as, um, you know, something that you, you haven't had an experience yet. It's until you've had the experience, it becomes quite powerful. 
um, because it's an experience. It's hard to describe it or even um, promote it as such um, from afar, like online. Do you have any personal stories of using it yourself that really, you know, shocked you or you were thinking, whoa, I can't believe that happened, or maybe even a story from someone that you, um, you know, were allowing them to use it or doing it for a session and they shared with you what had happened to them during the use of it? Yeah, um, I'll talk about my own experience because it's, you know, for me, it's it's more validated. Um, a, a lot of people um, who have been under it think, wow, that's amazing. I feel really relaxed. Um, we did a big event in London um, uh, end of October, and one guy he didn't tell me. He had a really bad headache before he went under the Pandora, and he came out, and he said his, his headache had gone. Um, so I was like, okay, that that's a good thing. I'm guessing maybe it's activating more parts of the brain, which is um, circulating more oxygen around, which relieves his headache. I don't know, or maybe it was just very stressed. Um, from my own, exp- my own experience, I've been working very strongly in the in the garden in the summer, and I'd been like nonstop working for five days in a row, like fourteen hours per day. I just I just drained myself, and I thought, okay, I I need a boost. Like I've got so much more work to do. I need to continue, and I. I thought having a shower would wake me up and I almost collapsed on the shower floor, just completely tired. So I went under the light machine and um, I had like a half an hour session and I, I feel as good as new. It's kind of like it wakes your mind up. Um, think about it, we're, we're like a, a, a meat suit, a body, fill up all these chemical um, reactions in our brain. And, um, you know, I think when light is used, um, you know, it releases... Uh, chemicals, um, you know, nutrients and, and um, I think um, melatonin, etc., which basically just gives us more energy. Um, another experience, so uh, have you heard of the vibrational state? Yes. Yep. Okay, so uh, on the Pandora Star, you can create your own sessions. You can create wherever you want. It can be like five minutes up to like 10 hours long or more. It, you know, it doesn't matter, but um, you can program it to be any frequencies you want. Um, anything you like. A uh, favorite album of mine is, um, have you heard of Tom Kenyon? No. Okay, uh, look him up, Tom Kenyon. Uh, okay. um, he's got a great album called Soma, S-O-M-A. And uh, I've, I've liked it for years. It's like an hour long. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It gives you very deep. So I created a, a, um, a program on the Pandora to synchronize with that album. And um, I'm very much into deep breathing when you do meditations and it's why I uh, teach when I do um, like lucid dreaming like workshops and timelessness retreats and uh, you get so much energy pumping through you. So I had the the music of Tom Kenyon, um, Soma, in, in my headphones, uh, had my program which I called Soma on the Pandora Star, did some breathing for like uh, five, ten minutes and I had the vibrational state um, really fast. Um, because the album of Tom Kenyon is designed to get you very deep. It's got lots of like harmonics and uh, some slight binaural beats to uh, get you in a deep theta state of consciousness. And um, it just really relaxed me. So you have the combination of the light and the sound and the breath work, and it's, it's powerful. Um, and I had that within minutes, the, the vibrational state, which um, I felt like I was floating straight out of my body. Um, I didn't have an experience, but... Um, well, of coming out my body, but that was an experience and it was quite pleasant and, uh, you know, pleasurable if you've never had the vibrations before. It's, uh, it's quite an experience in itself. So that was interesting. Yeah. Can you talk more about the vibrational state? Do you know what, and I've heard, I've heard different theories about what 
causes it, but do you know, like, the cause, do you have your theory of a cause, and, you know, what is the purpose of it? Because I, I actually find it actually very annoying, and it's actually kind of unpleasant sometimes. Oh, it's too strong annoying? Yeah, well, it, it's hard to explain. A lot of times I'm just too tired, and I just kind of push it away, and try and not deal with it, but sometimes I do get it, and it's not... It, it creates like a very heavy feeling, and yeah. it's, I, I don't know how else to explain it, but I just want to get your thoughts on that. Sure. Um, well, to me, I think I don't think it's necessary to have the vibrational state in order to have an out-of-body experience. Uh, a lot of people experience it because sometimes it's part of the transition from separating from the physical body um, through your psychic soma or the, the energy body, as, as you call it. And sometimes um, people have experienced their, their, it feels like their physical body is vibrating. It's like being laid on, on free washing machines, on like spin, and like, you know, they're vibrating and it feels like you're shaking. Um, but if you were to look at the person, like their physical body, they won't be moving at all. Um, the process, what happens there, I, I don't really know. Um, I just don't think it's necessary to have the vibrational state. The, the vibrations in order to, to achieve an out-of-body experience. Um, it, sometimes it happens to me, sometimes it doesn't. I have been out of my body um, on a number of occasions, but I haven't been fully conscious enough to... I mean, it's, it's so real. It's like, you know, you, you think... You, you're questioning reality, like, what am I doing here? And, uh, and it's times when I've gone back into my body and woken up, and I felt the subtle vibrations then. So maybe it's a part of the, the separation process... Um, coming out of your body and going in, you feel a bit disorientated, and um, I don't know. It's hard to answer that because I guess until I've had like in the future, I've had if I've had like over a hundred out body experiences, for example, or experiences with that, then maybe I'll know. But I mean, I've been doing this for over ten years, and I've only had the vibrational state a handful of times, and uh, sometimes they've lasted for a little while, sometimes they haven't. I I don't know. I think everyone's different. I think everyone's energy makeup is different. Um, it's just sometimes it's needed. I have more experiences at night, uh, lucid dreaming, than I do consciously, like meditating. So, I think just everyone's different at the end of the day. And some people enjoy the experiences, and some people don't. Uh, the, the vibrational state that is. Right. Yeah. And I, I I I don't know. Maybe I feel like a little, kind of the opposite of you a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. Where it's. I get that more, and I probably only had, you know, that non-transitional, I've gone from unconscious to out of body, and no, there's been no vibrations, but that's only happened like once or twice, out yeah. of, you know, dozens of times, but I, I have heard that, you know, there are other people that, that really enjoy it, and it, you know, it does give them kind of a validation behind some of the experiences, but... I was reading your uh, bio earlier that you sent over, and you, when you do lucid dreaming, you, you talk about Obi, your dog? Yeah, that's right, yes. <laughs> you want to talk about Obi? <laughs> Obi, wow. Um, I've never had a dog before, but I have, I've wanted one for years, and I don't know, I just, it's, it's a companion, isn't it? It's, it's a spiritual being, it's, um, you're talking about an animal, a, a, you know, a loving animal which has no conditioning to... Um, you know, human environment. They don't understand about you know. It's it's time to go to work. It's you know, you've got to pay bills. They just they're very much in the moment. They bring out the very much the the childlike play with you. 
And um, he's been very interesting. Um, I've had ex- some experiences, especially dreaming, where he's he's been there. Not all the time, but a lot of the time he's with me. Um, and I've been with him since he's a puppy. I got him since he was a, a week old. And um, I didn't get him then. You have to wait um, at least three months to, to have a puppy. But I interacted with him a lot. And this is all down to like um, looking at human psychology. I'm not not psychologist, but the first one um, seven years of a human's life is very important. So when when the human is growing up, the the, the child um, it's very important to get them involved in everything, very, be very close, give them love, and and you know do all the right training. And so I use that within the training of um, my puppy Obi. He's six months old now. But um, so I, every week I went to go see him with his um, with his litter, and the day I picked him up, it was just from from day one I just started having lots of lucid dreams with him. Um, and the more I did more lucid dreaming practice, he was he was there by my side, and we had some very interesting adventures. And sometimes he would change form and turn into a, a huge dragon or something, and just just play with me. Um, but all, all the time, um, even since he was a puppy, he was he was always like a full full grown sized dog. He was never the puppy. It was like, you know, he, he's got a lot of wisdom that comes with him. He's very down to earth. Um, I do healing on him when I can, um, get him used to like um, tuning forks and gongs and singing bowls. And he loves it. He's, um, you know, I've tried to tune him to like Reiki energy, um, healing energy. And, um, you know, he, funny enough, the, the Pandora star, um, the Pandora star doesn't come with an, an arm that hangs over your bed, but I, basically got this shaving mirror and uh, turned it upside down and it's got the same attachment um, as a, um, a camera tripod attachment and um, I just basically had it hanging over my, my bed and and Obi pretty much um, isn't is like on top of the bed with me most nights and um, but by my legs or whatever and as soon as I put the put the light machine on he just wants to be in there with me I'm thinking no no this, this can't be good for a dog but I mean the dog knows best, you know. He loves it. He just like lays his head next to mine, and when we just like get in deep meditation together, it's just it's um, you know, it's it's beautiful beautiful to experience that with um with your own you know animal, your pet, and um, a, a loving another being that you know just you can share this um spiritual journey with. He's he's very much aware, and uh, yeah, he he shocks me sometimes, but um, they're great learners. What kind of dog is Obi? He's a cocker spaniel. Um, do you know what that is? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's love. He's he's not too much of a long haired. So uh, yeah, he's a uh, he's a liver coloured brown, and uh, yeah, he's, he's great. He's he's been really easy to train, and um, they say that the personality of of the dog reflects the owner. Um, so he's you know he's very. He's very, you know, like uh, very kind and polite, and he's just very playful, and he's just, you know, very loving. Everyone loves him that meets him, and uh, yeah, he's he's great fun. <laughs> yeah, he's so cute. I've seen pictures online. I love it. Um, <laughs> now, you know, just with being kind of connected in consciousness, I also recently heard um, at an event that I was at where they say if you believe in soul groups, that not only do we reincarnate with people, but we reincarnate with our animals. Do you believe just in having some of these lucid dreamings with your dog and the connection that you're feeling, do you feel that this is a soul or a bit of consciousness that you've always known and that here you guys are together again meeting in this lifetime? It's interesting you say that because I've had experiences in the past where um, moving on to another pet I had years ago, I had a, a pet budgie called Tio. 
And I named him after my brother's um, friend at the time. And this was when I was like 10 years old. And um, basically, uh, yeah, I had had him in a, in a, in a cage and, uh, and um, yeah, I had to pass him over to uh, my uncle uh, who, had, who had some budgies. And uh, so I didn't see him again. And I'm sure he he passed away. You know that was he, I'm sure his his lifespan had gone then. Um, over 15 years later, at least, when I moved to to Somerset at at the retreat, um, I wanted to buy um, a budgie again. I wanted a pet, and there's so much work going on with the retreat at the time, building work. It just wasn't the right space to have an like a, a dog. So I got a budgie again, and um, I went to my local town. And I went went into the Avery shop, and as soon as like, it was like really looked loud outside, loads of birds chirping away. Opened the door, and there was like complete silence. And the shop owner like looked at me and was like, "Okay, who are you?" And I was like, "I'd like to buy a bird, please." And um, so he he just put his hand inside and grabbed a bird, and it, it seemed quite tame. Took him home. I never left him inside the cage. He was always always outside. Never flew away. Left the left the window wide open. I ended up calling him TO2, <laughs> and um, he didn't last very long. It was kind of like, uh, I don't know if you heard before, if, if someone in this lifetime, um, for example, ends their life, it's kind of like they have like a debt to pay. They have to come back and finish those ye- lost years. And it was like TO2 came back to finish the time period, you know, he didn't have with me. And he was with me for over a year or so, and he, he died in my hand. And when he died, his I could feel his like soul leaving his body. He was he was you know had some weight to him. Okay, he's not wasn't a big bird, but when he died, he was he was hold. I got a picture actually of him holding my thumb. I think it is with his with his hand his his um, feet as he passed away. And then it was just like it was like weightlessness. And I thought, my God, like tier two's like passed away. And either Obi is you know part of that evolution maybe he was to2 and come in again but from day one since I met Obi um, he never left my side and still has not um, when I went to go and see him at litter all his brothers and sisters were off playing in the ground he just sat he just sat by my by my feet the whole time he didn't leave me um, and I was just like okay this is unusual like you know he doesn't even know that I'm his owner yet or want to buy him but he just he did not leave my side. He sat down and slept, slept like by my legs, <laughs> and I was pretty much like a stranger to him, you know. And I was just overwhelmed. I thought, "Wow, like this, this is a living being, a, an animal, and it's you know he's connecting with me already." And that was quite beautiful. And since since then, he's never left my side. Um, I was doing some work on the roof, um, cutting a tree back the other week, and he he did, didn't realize I was up on the roof, and he was crying for me. He didn't know where I was, and you know, he wants to be everywhere with me. It's 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 a very spiritual journey having a pet, and I'm sure listeners out there, you know, have got a pet themselves, and they understand that that dog bond, that animal bond. Um, but if you haven't, and you feel lonely in your life, or you want a connection with a another another being, you know, I, I recommend it. If you've got time for it, you know, just you know, it's it's amazing. Yeah, and I would say, you know, if anybody chooses to follow you on Facebook or see, I mean, you could really, it's so evident in the in the pictures between you and Obi that you have online. I mean, you could just really see it. And it Thanks. just, yeah, he's, he just seems very, very sweet. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, animals are great healers, too. You know, some some dogs are trained to be therapy dogs, and you know, I bet if you were taking him to your events or your workshops, if they allow that out there, that I'm sure people would get a lot of benefit just to be around him. 
Yeah, they do. I've taken him to a few places, and he, he enjoys it. He loves it. He loves, um, you know, he sleeps a lot. He's, he's a puppy still, and he's just so down-to-earth, relaxed. He has his hyperactive moments like any dog, but, um, you know, I think because I've trained him so much to just, like, chill out and meditate with me and, um, you know, interact with, you know, um, he doesn't like didgeridoos too much, I think, because they sound a bit like a, a weird animal going off, but <laughs> like a noise. <laughs> he barks at that a bit, but... Um, or well, the other instruments he loves. He loves gongs and singing bowls and and um, everything. So it's it's a it's a beauty to have that interaction and him be so calm and chilled out. Awesome. I find that uh, especially dogs that that I, I deal with on a daily basis, like my dog and like my sister has a couple dogs. They just respond to Reiki so well. And yeah. It's 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 quite amazing to watch once you start doing the Reiki thing. They just they're like, oh, what's what's this, you know? And then they come over and they want to get more. And you know, it's it's. I'm sure there's a little bit of attention that they they're liking too. But it's it's deeper than just a regular patting a dog, you know. When you come home or something, it's it's different. Yes, I tell you one experience. Um, not not involving dogs, but horses. Um, I've heard that horses can't cry because they don't have any tear ducts. They don't have the I'm not sure that is true. I haven't actually looked it up. I should look it after this interview. But um, I used to go down regularly, like every week, um, for a few months to um, a a horse riding um, school um, for disabled like um, learners. And um, I just went along, and I just thought these these horses need healing. You know, they're dealing with stress every day with um, um, like young adults with autism and and learning difficulties and I'm sure they're taking some stress like animals seem to be sponges to emotion and um, so I went down and said like would you mind if I come down and give some healing to your horses I said I'm not looking for a child I just I just want to give some healing and it was quite funny that they were trained to just be in their in their stable and just to stand up and just you know be tame and Every one of them, after I finished healing, they would just like collapse on the floor and just like be be sleeping. <laughs> and the um, the owners like would come round. This is one particular day. They'd come round and like, get up! What are you doing? You should be on the floor. And they're just like the horse is just like, ah, oh, I really needed that that healing. And uh, it was just so funny to see, you know, like to to train an animal to actually be so like, um, you know, abide by the rules and stand up and stay. And they just weren't listening. They were just so, like, zonked out and chilled out after. <laughs> so that was quite an experience, really. Yeah, now, I know switching gears a little bit, I know another topic that you really like to talk about is vegan nutrition. Yes. And if you, do you mind if I ask how old you are? Um, no. Uh, yeah, um, 29. 29. Because you look so young. And <laughs> you're, you know, with some of the pictures that you sent us, I'm like, Wow, I mean your complexion, your skin, everything just oh, like thanks. you're like a ball of light. Oh, so, <laughs> you know, and then also, you know, seeing some posts that you do about nutrition and knowing that, you know, you are into vegan nutrition, it's kind of like what what is he doing? I'd like to know the secret and I'd just like to hear your take on food. We haven't really talked much about that. I know we're kind of we're hitting you up on so many different topics, but anytime somebody has knowledge and information that they could share, I'd like to know just your take on you know, what we put into our bodies and the importance of veganism and nutrition and how you think that also assists in your ability to connect and heal and have some of these experiences and does the vibration of food also play a role in that? Sure. Um, I guess that's my downfall looking younger and I, I, I blame the vegan diet for that. Um, and just being, being young isn't too helpful when you're looking younger than you are 
but <laughs> I'm sure I'll be rewarding that in the future and um, I feel a bit more comfortable about it. But um, yeah, it's um, I got a friend uh, named Dan, and uh, he's he's when he's raw vegan, uh, and raw vegan is basically it's it's eating like lots of fruit and and raw recipes, which are you know they're not they're very they're very entertaining, and very exciting, and um, they're, they're brilliant. It's kind of like it's when you're eating raw vegan food, when um, it's it, it's a, you're getting more energy. Um, you're not killing the enzymes within the food. Um, when you're eating cooked food and stuff that's highly processed, stuff that isn't really from nature, your your body has to work harder to to process and digest that that energy, that food. So you you free up a lot more energy um, when you have uh, like raw vegan food, especially especially raw food, but um, even vegan food, you're freeing up a lot more energy for um, like your mind energy, um, immune system energy, um, digestion. It's kind of like they say, I think it like uh, 70% of your energy or, or something goes to digestion when you're eating cooked food. Um, when you're eating like raw or vegan food, you're only like 10 or 20% goes to digestion. So you're freeing up so much more energy within your body to actually um, have energy elsewhere for for like mind energy and, and, and physical energy and everything. And you don't feel so lethargic. Um, energetically, like with your energy body, I guess, it's kind of like... I don't know. I mean, I believe everything on a in a physical scale is also reflected on a like spiritual or energetic scale. So, whatever you put in your body, you know, it, it's it has an energy with it, it has life force. And there's all these crazy words out there of different titles of of food. There's like, you know, there's the rainbow diet. There's life force food. It's there's all these crazy titles, and I don't like it. I just I just like plant based, you know, uh, titles, and that, that's it. It's I don't want to get too, um, you know, just misinterpreted with stuff but it's true like uh, the food that we eat that's that's organic especially that's that's vegan has a lot of say life force with it has a lot of chi um and it's kind of like it just when you're eating that you're kind of absorbing that 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 energy too um if you think about it, like an apple you know everyone knows what an apple is it's easy looking at an apple and it's it has energy with there and it's kind of like um you know you can see this i can see it when i look at auras and i can see the aura field of an apple and it, it's glowing, but you have something that's like cooked, like a, a bolognese or um, a cooked dish that you know just doesn't have an energy field around it. You know, it's it's dead food. It's it's. Um, I mean, I like eating cooked food, and I had um, vegan food, and I like things that are very easy to cook. I'm not, I'm not too much of a of a, a person that likes to enjoy making food myself, but um, I like things that are quick and simple that fill you up, that have great energy. Um, so, you know, I, I think that the energy, the, the food that you eat has to contain a lot of energy for you. Um, but in my experience when I was, I'm not so much raw vegan now, um, just because of it's, I find it, you know, too expensive where I live in the part of the world in England and there's not any like, um, raw food supermarkets, um, with loads of fruit. If you're in London or like a, near a town, you, you've got such a great, um, variety because, when you're near like airports, they have things shipped from like Indonesia and China and lots of great, great fruits that are a lot, a lot more cheaper to buy in bulk. Um, but where I live, it's, it's very hard to find a supermarket. I have to travel like a couple of mile, um, couple of hours drive just to go to a, um, a, like a, a fruit market. But when you go there, it's, it's great deals. Um, living on bananas, like banana smoothies, um, mono meals, when you just have one food at a time, um, it's better on digestion. You, it's, uh, 
I don't know. It's um, it's amazing, and you feel feel the benefits too. Um, you know, again, if if you're noticing like your skin shining and and complexion, I mean, you're obviously doing something right. And I've had quite a lot of people say to me that before, like, oh, you know, what you're eating, that's not going to be good. You you know, you're overloading yourself with with too much like potassium and you know i i know my i know my um facts with with that and it's kind of like well your body will discrete what you don't need and you, you know you can live on just eating bananas for a little while you can live on just eating fruit i wouldn't rely on it 100 percent um because we do need other things in our diet and we don't need meat um we are biologically you know we are plant eaters but we have adapted um but again we weren't born with a stove on our back we weren't born with um the ability to go catch an animal and i say if if we really were meat eaters then you've got to put it like this if you're starving hungry and you know you're out in nature and you've got an apple orchard to your left and a cow field i mean which one are you going to go to it's simple <laughs> you know you, you're going to run to the apple apple field and just devour value yourself run to the run to the cow field you I mean you've got to try and catch it first and think about killing it and it's like are we that sort of race that we're going to kill an animal you know would you want to do that not only that, you've got to create a fire and like, you know, cut it up and, you know, and then once you eat that, it's, it's not great. I mean, it takes four or five days to digest, um, that, that food, um, throughout your whole body. When you're eating plant-based food, it's absorbed within your bloodstream within minutes. So the facts are there. It's, it's very powerful and, um, you don't have to eat so much when you're vegan. Um, you know, you can control your weight, you can control your thoughts a lot more better. The reason why I came off um, meat years ago wasn't to do anything ethically. Um, I was pretty much happy at the time eating meat. It didn't bother me, but um, I I started to notice in my spiritual development, getting more sensitive to, I guess, my body and and the energies around me, that the the animals that I was eating, I could could feel their pain in my body. And we all go through emotions and, and struggles in our life. And I thought, well, I'm not just dealing with my own emotions here. I'm dealing with... The emotions of this animal and I noticed when I start, stopped eating meat I, I had less like anger issues with myself not that I was an angry person but just less stress I felt I felt normal I felt like how I should be and um, I felt a lot more calmer and grounded and I was like wow like for years like what I was the way I was feeling wasn't me it was an animal you know I mean think about cellular memory like you're eating you're eating energy at the end of the day, like physical matter, which, where does that come from? Everything has an, um, like emotions trapped in cells. And if you're eating pain from an animal, which is being, you know, kept in a cage as, you know, being fed, um, you know, steroids and fast growing foods to help bulk them up and, and get them podgy. So just to put, you know, food on your plate from industries and the way they're treated, I mean, you're digesting that pain and, um, you know, it's painful. Now, at the uh, retreat center, is that what you serve, more vegan-style uh, food? Um, we don't have, like, kitchens here such where we serve food. We have caterers okay. come in. Um, so if people do workshops here, like uh, the places for rent for people if they want to rent the space, we have outside caterers that come in and do food. But I work alongside with um, um, people who, like, do do, do food for the retreat. I've got um, my friends at the Chocolate Love Temple um, in Glastonbury, and um, they they can come and do some like um, great some um, sort of like meals, like super like smoothies and, and dishes. And my partner also is a is a good chef, so she basically like loves to you know cook and and she's she's vegan herself. And so 
we like to I like to give this opportunity if people come for a weekend I like to give them you know a vegetarian um, slash vegan like meal because it's very important for the work that we do um, especially involving with energy and usually like 80% of the people that that go home um, after the long weekend of coming to uh, one of my retreats and they say thank you for teaching me a, of a new way to eat I feel like um, I've really gained a lot of experience um, and knowledge knowing that this is actually easier than I thought um, rather than being quite judgmental that oh vegans you know that they're not getting the right nutrients and I give them a little bit of a talk about you know the benefits and that you can get enough protein calcium and all the nutrients that you need and actually more than a, a standard diet. Now do you have any upcoming workshops at the retreat center that you would like to let people know about? Yeah sure um, in February I've got a a timelessness uh, treat on the 19th to the 21st of February. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a number of things. Um, it's it's uh, dealing with like um, use binaural beat tones, um, the Pandora Star. Um, I, I brought a, a, a nice 32-inch um, symphonic gong today. So we'll be using that. Um, crystal singing bowls and um, and uh, basically getting people to explore lucid, lucid dreaming, the out-of-body state and uh, great nutrition and following the intuition and it's called timelessness retreat because we get rid of all the clocks in the house um, at the retreat we get people to take off their watches turn off their mobile phones so that they go through like a digital detox so to speak <laughs> and um, they, they detach from the modern world so they can focus on themselves I mean we look around us now we've got so many people on their phone all the time you know it's like they're tuning it out themselves they're not back to like their their um the way they should be and i want to give that opportunity where people can get back to nature get back to their you know their, their balanced uh, state of mind body and spirit and uh, ex experience a lucid dream at least which you know usually they do um an out-of-body experience um content the potential's there um, it's not guaranteeing that you will have an OBE, but you will definitely have a lucid dream or a very intense dream at least. And um, there's lots of meditation sessions throughout the day. So we deeply immerse you in consciousness and basically how the weekend goes, you arrive um, around midday, um, between midday and like 4 p.m. And that time is for you to arrive and just feel settled and just relax and ground yourself so there's no rush. We start in the evening, have like um, an evening meal together. We have an introductory to um, the first like uh, meditation session. And then um, we do a, like a little break and then another meditation session. Then it's go to bed and get some good sleep with some uh, binaural beat tones through the pumped um, hardware throughout the retreat. Um, we wake up really early in the morning to do a lucid dream recall after six hours sleep, for example. So we wake up quite early and we do... Um, we just all meet up in, in the workshop room, then go straight to bed and then put on a track uh, specifically for um, getting you into like an OBE or lucid dream. And then like the Saturday, for example, um, it's just uh, we do like a little walk around the nature reserve next door. We've got like a big seven mile long nature reserve. We won't be walking seven miles, but it'll be like, um, you know, like a half an hour like walk and um, a little break in between having some superfoods. Um and throughout the day, there'll be lots of like meditation sessions in the evening and a shared meal again. And there'll be like a sound healing, um, like a evening to, you know, give some entertainment to people, perhaps a special guest. 
And then Sunday is, is quite similar. Just people finish um, in the evening and uh, they go home and hopefully go home changed, relaxed and a bit more grounded and more goal-orientated and focused. And, um, yeah, just being around like-minded people. Wonderful. Well, the retreat center sounds awesome. Maybe when Mike and I, when we're finished with our third film, maybe we'll head on over and we could do a screening there and, you know, show the film and invite people over. That would be great to actually see it. (laughs) What's the film called? What are you doing? I I don't know about this one. I was just going to say, it's a third part of our our trilogy. We had the the Path Afterlife and Beyond the Physical come out in previous years, and this year we're working on, it'll actually be out early well, first half of 2016. Yeah. So, Sounds well, great. Good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, um, you know, for talking with us today. And would you like to let the listeners know where they can find more information about the Parsonage Side Retreat? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, if you just type in Google and type in Parsonage Side Retreat, um, you should be able to find uh, us on there. If not, then um, I'm sure people listening to this actual interview, this uh, podcast, will see my name. Um, if you're on Facebook, you just um, type my name into into Facebook, um, Adrian Bex, um, spell L-A-D-R-H-Y-N, and then my last name is Bex, B-E-X-X. Find me on there, send me a message, and I can send you a link. Um, that's the best way to find me, really. A lot of people are on Facebook nowadays. Um, but yeah, just you type my name on Google or YouTube, and you can find information there, too. Great. Well, thank you so much for being with us here. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to meet in person one day. Hey, definitely. That sounds great. And uh, yeah, welcome anytime. Tree. So um, I look forward to the film. Great. Thanks. Thanks for your time. Thank you. If you'd like more information about our films or to purchase our DVDs, you can head on over to our website at thepastseries.com. They're also available to purchase on amazon.com. Our films are also streaming online at Vimeo.com, GuyMTV.com, and iTunes. If you have a show suggestion or would like us to interview someone specifically, please feel free to shoot us an email at info at thepastseries.com or send us a tweet at thepastseries. Please rate and review us in iTunes and subscribe. We hope you enjoyed the show. 